0: Welcome to the Adventure Audio Podcast. This episode is a little bit different. This is mostly uh, Jim Capra and Tyler sort of interviewing me about my most recent Everesting attempt, uh, which was successful. I did it this past weekend uh, here near my house in Calgary, Alberta, Canada and it was brutal easily uh the most difficult physical thing i've ever done A um, huge hats off to anybody who's done that or a half everesting or an uh, everesting 10k or a 10k room if you've got anything to do with that hall of fame uh you're a serious badass and kudos to you uh, this episode of the podcast is brought to you by the state bicycle company they've just released their race ready gravel machine at an accessible price it's the 6061 all road featuring a durable aluminum frame lightweight carbon fork, and multiple wheel choices. We've talked about this bike to you guys lots of times over the last little while, and we continue to ride them and are amazed by the value and the quality of the bikes. They're just so much fun, and they can do just about anything. Check out statebicycle.com. If you use code ADVENTURE AUDIO as all one word, you'll get free shipping from them. This episode of the pod is also brought to you by the Black Bibs. The Black Bibs actually hooked me up with two custom... Uh, jerseys for everesting adventure audio jerseys with uh, our logo on it starlight apparel which is the parent company of the black bibs as well as the charity that i was doing it for which is brown banking for calgary kids so a huge shout out to the black bibs if you haven't checked them out yet please do they're awesome it's theblackbibs.com and lastly this episode of the podcast is brought to you by wheel science so wheel science is a recent and new partner of ours And uh, we're really stoked to be working with them. They're a really, really cool company uh, run by a guy named Peter Coombe. And what Peter wants to do is actually talk to you about your riding style and uh, hear about that and try and recommend the right kind of wheels for you, even if that means that it isn't wheels from him. That's just the kind of people that they are. They have over 105 star customer reviews that you can read online. They're shipping within about a week uh, with UPS. And uh, just they seem like an absolutely remarkable company. You can use code adventure audio there as well. But reach out and get some consultation from them and see what kind of wheels are right for you. That's the main part. On to this episode of the podcast. Thanks to Jim and Ty. Thank you to Tyler for uh encouraging me to take on this ridiculous challenge. Thank you everybody who donated and to all my friends and family that showed up to support me. It meant an awful lot. I had people there really early I had people there really late. And thank you to everybody uh, who sent encouragement. Some of you I haven't met, just you listened to the podcast and you reached out before, uh, during or after the attempt. That means a heck of a lot. We appreciate it. And on to this
1: episode of the pod. We'll be back soon. So Pete, you have some big news, big news. Yep. Got her done, man. (laughs) Congratulations. That's awesome. Thank you that's awesome on a scale of one to 10 how bad was it 10 like (laughs) totally
0: totally for at least for my ability level like that was some like next level stuff man it was deep like wow i've done for for context like for people who are maybe just starting to listen to the podcast or Whatever, just background on me. Like I'm not a pro cyclist. Never was a pro cyclist. Never been paid to do anything, um, other than maybe got a couple of little checks running some five k's back in the day, like and getting a podium here or there. But have transitioned from that to becoming like every every year, you know, a little more a little more, more five, six, seven hour, ten hour bike rides, things like that. But this was, you know, like double that. So that is a whole other place to go to for sure. And 9,000 meters or 30,000 feet is so much elevation, like so much. And it's so difficult to put it into context because you just hear, like you hear about the challenge. And like I said to both you guys before, like it always sounded hard, but then when you actually like ride up a hill and then ride down it and then go look at your strap after it, see how many meters it is. And then you do the math and you figure out how far you would ride and how long a boat it would take. Then it's like, oh, it's it's actually like way harder than I thought. Like you remember me saying that, but then when you do it, it's even way harder than that. Like it's <laughs> so hard, so hard. Congratulations! I was around, uh, thanks. Congratulations. Yeah, it's we're, it's crazy. So kudos proud. to anybody who's even done it.
1: Yeah, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Well, I mean, I kind of helped stir the pot on that one, Pete. Um, but I'm totally. really, I'm really glad you did it. I'm really proud of you, and and you did it. it, it on top of everything, you did it for a really good cause, which is awesome.
0: Yeah, thanks. I'd be remiss if I didn't bring that up. So thank you to everybody who donated. We bought like over over a thousand lunches, I think, for kids in the Calgary area. So like that meant a lot. That definitely kept me going. I think it was a good strategy for motivation. Like Christina was te- like I was going slow enough on the uphill that I could look at my phone and record video updates and stuff but she texted me at one point and she's like somebody just donated 500 dollars and stuff like that definitely kept me going for sure i did a lot of encouraging messages messages from people i don't even know like from strangers and stuff like that's that was pretty cool so thank you for everybody who did that because it definitely kept me going because as you start to crawl through it it just became really motivating to never have to do it again yeah, like, maybe maybe one day, like maybe one day, but um, you say like, that, yeah, exactly. Like may, maybe one day, different. Like you know, if the stars align and the the challenge was presented itself, maybe. But but the idea of just being like, like I've come this far. I don't ever want to have to have to do this again, quote, I never had to do it. But like, you know, once you're you there, you've fundraised, you've told people about it, you've podcasted about it, you've made posts about it. Black Bib sent me jerseys. I was like, I gotta get this fucking thing done, like somehow, but by 30 or so there was 120 laps. And by, <laughs> by 35 or 40. I was like, this is impossible. Like, I can't, Like, you know, you're like seven hours into it and you're like a third done and you're like, oh man, like what have I done? And how does anybody do this? Like, it's insane. It just the number seems so crazy. And when I got to 60, I was like, everybody who's ever done a half-Everest thing and are in that Hall of Fame should be damn proud of themselves because 4,424 meters is a ton. And it takes most people like 10 hours to do that. Like, so... Like, it just put everything into a completely different context for me, for sure, well, of, like, what's actually difficult. So, yeah.
2: yeah. Tyler kind of got the ball rolling and, and you know, teasing slash challenging you slash when are you going to be doing Everest? And, and then I kind of jumped out a little bit. And we had fun with that. But you got to know that that, that was all done knowing, one, you're just crazy enough that you would you would do it. And we knew that. And then we all... <laughs> two things right so yeah uh, how are so for everyone listening you're four days out from just completing your your Everesting. how how do you feel today
0: i feel surprisingly good i got out for a little spin yesterday like like pathetically slow spin which was on purpose and i'll continue to do that i think i should be doing that for a while i'm not that sore I told you i texted you jim i'm trying to get the feeling back in these two fingers they're they're pretty they're pretty numb still they're coming they're better than they were yesterday though so there's definitely you said there's a nerve in the ulnar nerve yeah I i've think definitely you pressed your pinched ulnar something nerve. in there for sure yeah. yeah. um but like other than that like not bad my neck's not nearly as bad as i thought hands feet undercarriage like and my legs i'm not even that sore but i am like unusually tired sure <laughs> like 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 struggling to stay awake in the middle of the afternoon really? wow. t- yeah which i'm not ever normally like yeah. that um but i'm just like get up and i feel good and then two hours later i'm like i could have a nap so i think i need to keep the foot off the gas for a couple of weeks and then just ease back into it and do some harder workouts and see how i feel like the day after that and because i've got nothing but time now like i don't really I don't have anything that i want to like quote unquote perform for, for for till spring probably so i can take my time and just log miles and slowly get back into it but i feel surprisingly good which is a credit to cycling like it's ledly it's still low impact so yeah. you know
2: you look fresh tyler yeah, <laughs> or, thanks yeah you do tyler and i were chatting a little bit ago and uh talking about and we're like man what a what a beast and both of us our impression was just like i've never done anything remotely close to that it's incredible. Yeah. we're yeah. really proud of you so
0: the numbers are large
2: you kind of started off this conversation talking about there's hard and then this then there's hard and then it becomes this hard i remember in some of your training you know it obviously you have, you need the ability to do some big volume and you had, you had planned a 200 mile ride, which, you know, that, that's, that's a big day, no matter what, there's nothing easy about that, but you, you kind of cruised through it. You did great. It was difficult, but I remember, you know, Tyler afterwards was was saying, you know, this, your Everstream is going to be at least twice as hard. How did that relate? Like, what is the
0: comparison? absolutely was
2: absolutely
0: and when you first said that I was like really because I'm like I respect your opinion you know what you're talking about in terms of doing difficult things for sure like you've got uh you've literally written the book on it and I was like "Ooh, that sounds hard Uh, like I didn't I didn't think it was going to be that much harder but it was at least twice as hard the two, wow. two riding 200 miles with a couple of friends in the mountains was like, it's fun. It was always fun. It was fun the entire time. Like it was hard. There was time, like I was tired at the end, you know, and we put a lot of planning into it and stuff, but it was always fun. The full 12 hours was fun. Like nothing about Everest sinks fun. It was, <laughs> so, I mean, that's like kind of an exaggeration. There's parts of it that are like having people show up and like, it was, it was cool. It was fun to plan and stuff, but, it got pretty grueling pretty quick okay. and
1: yeah. it became How, very mentally and physically difficult yeah what was the hardest part like did you feel like quitting like did you, yes like were you having the conversations all the time like were you were you thinking about it like five laps at a time ten laps at a time two laps at yeah time? Like, i just, were you sort ever, just sort of did you ever just want to like throw your bike <laughs> down on the ground and go take a nap <laughs> I definitely
0: wanted to sleep. Like that's the hardest sure. part. And I wonder yeah. about how many, like I even wondered, about, I know it's an honor system, the sleeping part, right? Like
1: I want to know people no who
0: made it. Yeah. I, I like to think everybody in the hall of fame did it without sleep, but there's some long hours in there and like that, that became very hard. Like, cause you know, I I got up at two 45 in the morning. Right. Mm. So I'm probably on three or four hours of sleep and then you're excited and you get going and then you have sunrise and everything. And then an entire day passes by you and you're deep into the night again. And it just was like hard to stay awake. Right. Like, so that became a real battle and lots of
1: caffeine and sugar to keep pushing through. But, um, and, and your wife came, Christina, Christina. I mean, do you want to share that story? That's awesome. That's awesome,
0: dude. She, what a champ, like, she thinks that all of this stuff is ridiculous and is like one of the well-adjusted people who's like, no, I'll exercise enough to stay fit. And that's like, you know, she's got her head screwed on straight that way. But so she came back for the third time. She came with the kids and puppy and snacks and stuff throughout the day. And she came back at about 10 p.m. And I think I was at, I can't remember exactly. It was like 95 laps or something like that. So I knew that like, even though that sounds good, like I'm 95 out of 120, it was like the next 35 laps or 25 laps are still, it's still like three or four hours. Like I'm so, it feels so far, so far. And you've been doing it for so long, but a three or four hour ride, like on most days is is legit, you know, like that's usually a good workout. So, and she just gent- gently coaxed me back onto my bike and she's like, oh, you know what? It's dark you're obviously really tired I'm just gonna drive behind you real slow and you can ride in the headlights for a few laps is what she said and then she just kept shepherding me out for more and she stayed for almost five hours so I could ride in the headlights of her car because it allowed me to really ride a lot faster especially on the descent because it was in the country and as soon as the sun went down like the minute the sun went down there's coyotes and deer running across the road and stuff And it was a nice big road wide but um it it allowed me to descend at sixty k an hour instead of whatever forty five or something like that, which all of the all of the savings mattered at that point to me. So and it made it super luxurious. And she was with our and full credit to our good friend Ken King, who hung out with her too, rode in the car, and then they kind of cheered me up every time I would take a break. And when I'd head out, I'd be like, okay, I've got to I won't stop unless I do at least four. And then you know, if I got a fifth in, I felt like I was bagging one. Right. And then I'd stop again and have a little more sugar and caffeine and th- the, the the diet got ugly. At one point I was yeah. having, I think, I think I had some cheesies and Coke yeah. and coffee all in yeah. like a 15 second span, <laughs> like, yeah, it it's right. just kind of whatever, but, and try not to overdo it too. Cause it's like digestion takes energy out of you. So you don't, there's no point in eating more than 250 or 300 calories at a time. Cause you can't process it into energy. And I knew that. Intellectually, but you know the temptation just becomes to overdo something, or or even I was just queasy. Like it's just hard.
1: Well, look, yeah, yeah. Oh, go ahead, Jim.
2: While I think you burned, you were pushing ten thousand calories.
0: Yeah, I'm sure I did all of that, and I probably still ate six thousand five hundred or seven thousand. I figure. So that's just a lot to.
2: That's just a lot
0: to tell us, of ram through the system, right?
2: Tell us what all you ate and did it change throughout the course of the day? Yeah,
1: yeah,
0: yeah, it, it definitely changed. So I'd say starting like Friday night, I started to try and go high complex carb, like potatoes, pasta, rice, like lots of low fat complex carbs. So that it's easy to digest, but that that you build up the, the glycogen levels, right? Started off that way too. I probably packed around 10,000 calories because I didn't know all what I would sort of feel like eating. And then I tried to start off with as much real food as possible. Like I ate a bunch of PB&J sandwiches um, and peanut butter and banana wraps nice. uh, with, with like honey or maple syrup and stuff. So I was like packing it in pretty good. And then, yeah, definitely late in the cause. I never stopped for like a real meal. I just did six or eight lap intervals. I was... Just have snacking and in well, I'll get to pace in a second. But um, ate a whole bunch of that kind of stuff, and then it devolved to gels and like energy chews, like Bite goo and stuff like that, and just the high sugar stuff, Coke, just to yeah. kind of keep Gatorade just to keep going.
2: That makes yeah. sense from a couple standpoints because one, that's probably what's most palatable, right? want something quick and easy like this this does the job and it tastes good but two I think that when you do an endeavor like this you pretty quickly become glycogen depleted so you need quick burning fuel and that's what you're doing right
0: totally I know there's there's the only other real strategy that I'm like sort of aware of for going that deep that long is to sort of become fat adapted right like to go to a keto diet and trying to not have to do that kind of eating um I've played around with that a little bit a few years ago I don't think that that's yeah you're both shaking your heads I I do think it's possible I know there I know there are a couple people like Zach Bitter the ultra runner who has like some pretty incredible results doing stuff like that um it's it's certainly not one size fits all I'm not a nutritionist but I'm definitely more on the more traditional pole of what works for me in terms of performance too because my laps were they weren't fast but they were surprisingly consistent they just they they just became mentally really hard but just creating that slow fuel drip i really think it's the way that's what i did on the on the double century in june and i felt like good and strong basically all day
2: did you have uh mental tricks or mantras or yes
0: (laughs) yeah
2: um yes
0: mental mantras totally um Reminding myself that the reason that I put it out there and the reason that I made it public and the reason I put it on social media is so that I couldn't, I couldn't, uh, what's out. Right. Like that. I would have to continue to go deep. I had friends and my own kids and my friends, kids stopping by and saying like, and then they're leaving for the day. And they're like, don't quit no matter what. And I'll reminding myself that reminding myself of the charity and then, and then again, this is temporary. I'm like, yeah, e- even though it's silly, it's just a silly website at the end of the day, right? But run by a crazy man, Andy Venberg. And like, <laughs> even though I'm like, I will be there forever. Like it can be there in a hundred years from now online. But if I quit, I got to fucking carry that around with me. Number one. And number two, like, I don't need to be here again. If I just complete it, right. If I ever want to do another one, awesome. But if I don't, like, I just know myself, like, Wouldn't you, like, if you were like, if you trained for it and put it out there and you quit at 6,500 meters, like, wouldn't you have to go back? Like, I'd have to go back. I couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't have unfinished business with it. If I want to do it again one day, it's because I I want to, but the box is checked and I've got, like, it's forever, right? The pain is temporary. It felt impossible, but I'm like, people can do this. People have done it. There's a website full of people who've done it. Like, it can be done. There's, and I'm sh- probably stronger than some of them. Like, I know I can do this. I just just need to keep the fuel up and just need to keep going. So, there's a whole bunch of negative shit that comes in, and you're just like, you have to take it and you have to shove it away. And all of the, like, the Courtney Doe Walters of the world and Dean Carnasses and um, Jack Thompson, ultracyclists. cyclists, yeah. like, all those people who just, talk about like those mental tricks to keep yourself going it's totally true because you know that those thoughts are coming whether you're welcoming them to them or not they will find their way in there and you need to be prepared for that thought and have your like mental rebuttal for it and, so, and like push it aside right so there was lots of that coaxing myself gently up the hill and, and and just knowing that it's this is pressure over time this yeah. this cannot last forever as long as yeah. i continue to apply pressure on this project it will eventually end this is temporary <sighs> you know i just need to yeah. keep going
1: that's great that's great so you're are you officially in the hall of fame now
0: i am officially in the hall of fame 9 9166 meters wow. 324 kilometers and 23 hours 2259 that, so that's yeah. elapsed time right but even but the, even the elapsed time and the moving time the elapsed time is work too because it's yeah. like you're yeah you're, you're moving like I was self-supported right i had people coming by but it's not like i had somebody mixing bottles for me and handing me snacks and getting my vest on and off me and like i was self-supported yeah. right i had two bikes both cervellos so i was able to change the seat post easily from them so i didn't need to worry about saddle i could just change the i could just change the seat post and i was off but i was doing all those things myself so even when I stopped, it was still work, right? And then it's like, oh shit, where's my phone? Where's my, you know, you're tired. Like it just all of those little things start to add up. So that yeah, the, the quote unquote break time does not feel like a break at all. Damn. It's all part. It's all part of the project. So yes, officially in the hall of fame. And then I have to admit, I had I had a moment yesterday where I was like, oh, I can't believe I didn't think of that. So they have a they have three challenges. In, in the Everesting Hall of Fame one is the is everest sorry four there's half Everesting which again is a mad thing to do 4400 meters on the same hill like kudos to anybody who's ever taken that on there's Everesting there's a 10k where you continue past Everesting but still on the same hill and you just get to 10,000 meters which some people have been like why didn't you just go for it you're at 9100 I'm like no <laughs> like yeah no I was yeah. good. But what occurred to me that I could have done is their fourth challenge, which is called called the 10K roam, which is you have to do 10,000 meters, but you have 36 hours to do it. You can sleep and you need to ride a minimum of 400K. So most people on an Everest thing wouldn't ride nearly as much to get close to that. But sure. because of my hill was 5.88% uh, gradient, I ended up riding a shitload. Like I rode 200 miles. So I was well over 300K. It did occur to me that I could have just had a nap and gone and banged out 75K and checked that box too. So I was a little bit like, damn, that was a real opportunity. Cause that, that's an interesting one to me, the Rome. Cause you don't need to stay in one spot. You can move around to do it. So maybe that's a, maybe I'll talk you guys into doing it with me one day.
1: Yeah, maybe it's that's your day, next challenge. Maybe that's, 10, that's 10 your next Rome. challenge. Yeah. It's a little more right. civilized. Can you
0: consider sure. cause you can sleep, sure. but doing 10,000 meters in, in 36 hours is still, uh, it's still pretty insane. When you I, I don't want to do what I did with Everesting where I just think it's hard. No, I'm sure it's way harder yeah. than I think. I'm yeah. sure that it is, yeah.
2: But, well, you know, as we had kind of texted each other the other day, you've you've definitely recalculated by a long shot your, your dial of, of what's hard and what you're going to be able to push through. Yeah, yeah,
0: totally. And that's the
2: that's, that's rad- takeaway that, that I
0: hope people like...
2: Immensely. Yeah. You know,
0: just sort of like... That's it. It doesn't matter what your everesting is like that just happened to be my like it's like figure out whatever like Tyler said figure out whatever you thought was hard and then find something that's literally twice as hard at least twice as hard and like go try that because one of two things will happen you'll fail and you'll have a new goal or you will completely recalibrate what you're capable of in your mind because that's I'm not I'm not I was no fitter on Sunday morning than I was the week before. But now I feel completely different about what I can do. And 200 milers, I'm like, total, I could ride I could ride multiple 200 milers in a year. Like, confidently. Like, and have fun with them, right? And it would seem enjoyable. So, whatever you, if you have and ran a 5K once and you're like, that was like the hardest thing I ever did. Like, go sign up for 10K. Sign up for a half marathon. Scare the shit out of yourself prepare, take it seriously and go see what happens. Like you probably are going to surprise yourself and there's probably going to be a time like Andy warned me about when we had him on the podcast, there's going to be a time where you're like, this is impossible. Like there's yeah. no possible way that I can do this, but you can, it's just pressure over time, right? One foot in front of the, another or just turning the pedals on. I know that sounds corny, but people just need to, it's, 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 it's profound. Like it's, it's a crazy change to just be like, I'm the same yeah, bag, sack of bones and muscle that I was before. But like, I just believe that I can do all this crazy shit now. <laughs> so, so yeah, it's really, really cool. I think everybody great. should do
1: that.
2: What kind of roller coaster did did you experience both physically and mentally? Like, obviously when you're climbing like that, you know, a few hours into it, you're, you're going to get tired, but you're, you know, you definitely hit a point where you're swearing off cycling, but then would you kind of rebound and for, you know, a lap, like, Oh my gosh, I feel amazing. And then crater or, or are you pretty steady Eddie?
0: Um, yeah, especially in the whole, like the whole second half was pretty up and down. It got hot. So I started with a headwind, which is weird because I was heading mostly North and it rarely blows from the North. And when it was dark, I had a headwind and I was like, come on. Then the sun came up when went away completely, which was nice, except it got hot. It was like 25 C, which is 78, 79 yep. degrees, yeah. which is not that hot, but on a bright, sunny day, like, you know, it was a factor, right? I was stopping more often to fill bottles and making sure that I was drinking enough that I had to pee still. And like, that's a red flag if you're not right. So I was yeah. making sure i managing that. I thought pretty carefully. But definitely in the second half, I'd have two laps where I was like, I'm a machine. This is fine. I got this. And then I have two laps where I was like, I just need to close my eyes and lay down. And like, it was, yeah, to say it was a roller coaster is probably pretty accurate. And I think it's normal. Yeah. To go. Yeah. Totally normal. But but you knew. So then, and again, that's another one of the mantras of a lot of like the really cool endurance athletes that I've followed along with and like read their books, like. Like Dean Carnassus, like Travis Macy, like you know that those dark moments, you know that there's gonna, it's gonna be followed by one of those like endorphin highs. You just don't, you don't know when it's coming, but you just need to hang on for it because it will come. And then you hope that that lasts as long as possible and you try and milk it and then you go back into another, another dark hole and continue to work away at it. But it's so mentally taxing to be in, it's so weird to do something for a full day and not go anywhere. Like <laughs> it's so mentally tough, right? It's so yeah. different to like, I want to drive. I want to ride from next year. I'd like to ride from Jasper to Calgary, which Jasper's 400 and something K from here. And I think, I think I could probably make it in a day. Um, but that's so different. It's like, I could wake up in Jasper super early and it's like, got to get home. Right. Like, and there's like a place to be, not just this like counter in your head. It's so hard to just like be going through this, like clicker, you know? And I don't think it, I don't think it matters if it's a lot of people have said, Oh, it's way, it sounds way harder to do 120 of something than 40, even if it's way long. I don't think it matters. I don't think it matters if you do three laps of Haleakala or if you do 120 of what I did, it's just mentally brutal. And you get so sick of the descent. Like I thought Uh, it would be this like nice little break. It's, it's just as shitty as the climb or worse. (laughs) It's just, you're just surviving it. Getting down safely, turning around and going again, like you get over it pretty quick. Yeah. So, well, it's Pete, a crazy mental challenge. It's
1: awesome what you did. It's awesome what you did. You, you set your mind to it and you did it. You did it. Awesome. I, I have to be honest,
0: Ty, like I never would have done it if you hadn't started chiding me about it a little bit. And I, did, and the pot. I get
1: to have the, totally, yeah. And it
0: started with like, it, it started as a joke and then it started me kind of considering it. And then like Jim got in on it and we had Celine Yeager on and she jokes okay. and she listens and she teased me about it and like, it's like, okay, you know, people do it. Like it's obviously doable. Right. It's not the Barkley marathons where almost nobody finishes. Like you can finish yeah. it. Yeah, uh, There should be a failure hall of fame. I'm sure it's massive for people who try and, and just sure. can't do it. Cause it's so hard. But, um, yeah, like I, it never would have even really occurred to me. I would have just been in awe of the people that did it and, uh, to be amongst that crazy, that's a crazy fraternity to belong to, but I'm, but I'm proud of it for sure. You're in That's it. It's pretty cool. You're in so, it. so, yeah, thanks for, the, thanks for the challenge.
1: I wonder how many Albertans are in the Everesting Hall of Fame. I think Albertans, I could look it up. It's it's a small number. It's like 20
0: or something like that, I think. I think I'm like the 95th Canadian or something to do it on bike. I think it's closer to 200, including running, which is a whole wow. other thing, like running running 9,000 wow. meters. Is, wow. Pretty screwed up, but it is relatively speaking a pr- like a pretty small number of people, and not a lot of people have done ten k roams guys. So,
2: <laughs> maybe Jim, should... you
1: Jim, you look really inspired. I, I... <laughs> <laughs>
2: <I'm> so <laughs>
1: this is how this shit begins.
2: Yeah, um... I, know. I know. So, um, you know, obviously going back, you you chose your route because we. You need to stay local, which, you know, I absolutely agree with right now with COVID and your family and everything else. And so you ended up doing a route that wasn't very steep, but it got super long. How how did that work for you? And what, I mean, it's, it, you know, I don't know if you can compare the two, but do you think, how do you think it would have been different on a, sh- a shorter day distance wise, but, you know, with a steeper climb? How did your legs hold up? Did you... Like have any points where completely cramping or you know? No, they were okay. Like I I can, I can definitely, I can ride
0: my bike for twenty four hours. I can say that with some confidence now. Like they were okay. So, especially if you, if if I look at like again, like a Jasper Banff or or something like that, like or or double centuries, like as long as it's not an insane total elevation, I'm pretty confident that I can handle that. Um, I I would be interested to talk to somebody who's done like the two poles, right? Like a, a not that steep, but super, super long Everesting versus a steep, steep Everesting. And it still depends on your physiology. I've convinced myself that steeper is easier because of the time, because I underestimated how much just being exhausted. Like doing 20 for anything for 24 hours is tiring. It doesn't matter if you're exerting yourself or not. Like, you know, if you do 24 hours of your job straight, like you're just going to be dying for your bed, Right. So to cut off hours that way, I think is is a big. I think that that's a big advantage. I do just it's. I think it's safer um, if you're less exhausted. So if you can physiologically handle the steeper the steeper hill and that that punch, like mine was actually it was eight percent for a lot of the way, but it just kind of flattened out after about two thirds, and then it had one last punch. If it had just stayed steep, it probably would have. I, I wouldn't have missed the flat part that much, I don't think. I don't think it would have been that big of a deal. I don't feel like I needed that recovery for sure. whatever it is, 45 seconds of the hill or something. But if it had stayed at 8%, it would have cut off, you know, 75 kilometers or something like that. Like it becomes a massive difference once you once you extrapolate it over the whole effort. And if you can cut off 75K, you're saving yourself I think I average 17K an hour. So you're saving yourself like four or five hours of the total effort. Like, I think that that has to be an easier approach just from the total expenditure of time and exposure. I think. But hey, listen, listen, if you've done, done it two ways, like email me and tell me what you think, I'd be totally. So it's adventure podcast at gmail.com. If you have questions about planning it or how to nerd out on this, or if you've done an Everest thing and you have that comparison, I'd love to hear your thoughts because. I think that steeper is easier because you've just cut off time. Yeah. That's my that's my estimation. But I had three times as much fun as Ronan McLaughlin, right? So it <laughs> took me three times as long. Right. What, so,
2: right. If you were to do this day over, um, same route, everything, but you had the experience of having one under your belt, what would you do different? Oh, that's a
1: good question, Jeff. Great question, yeah.
2: I would probably start
0: way later in the morning and just have a real sleep, because I slept for three or four hours, maybe, and then I got rolling, thinking that I could be done around midnight, but I hadn't considered a couple of things. And I I thought I considered everything, right? Yeah. I, you guys know I took a pretty analytical approach to this, but I didn't account for, when I went and did test laps, I didn't account for how much slower I'd be going in the dark on the descent. I didn't account for mixing bottles when it's hot in the day, I need to stop every three or four laps to get water, not every eight. I didn't account for that stuff. And none of those things was a big time suck, but you add them all up and it's a pretty big time suck. I didn't, yeah. I didn't really waste any time. Like I kind of used it all and needed it all. So knowing that it's like, well, why wouldn't I just sleep for, if I'm going to ride and start at night and end in the night, like I'm, it's a lot of night regardless. Yeah. So if you have a lot of night either way, And you think it's going to take you that long. And my time is not atypical. Like it's pretty normal that people take well over 20 hours to do this. So why wouldn't I just sleep till nine or 10 in the morning and have a big stack of pancakes and go get after it? Like I'm going to ride a shitload in the night anyways. I might as well have the the sleep, right? And then you just finish it noon the next day instead of like trying to squeak it into midnight or finishing at three. So I probably would have done that to battle the fatigue a little better. Um, Beyond that, maybe I could have stacked up a bunch of water bottles that were more ready to go. Yeah. Um, I had a lot of my nutrition ready to go and and dialed, so, uh, but other than, like, I did have a, I was fortunate weather-wise, it got hotter than I would have liked, but it could have been way worse. It could have been gale-force winds, or, sure. well, I live in Canada, it could have been snowing. Like, a lot of things could have gone wrong there. I didn't have any flats, I didn't have any mechanicals, so. That's great. Like. You know, it went it went pretty well. But yeah, I just sleep more. That's probably what I would do. And I'd give people that advice. You might as well just get your sleep and then deal with the dark as it comes because you're gonna it's gonna happen. Like unless you're unless you're crazy fast or you have a crazy steep hill to do it in yeah. in daylight, right?
1: Absolutely. So um is your fundraiser still, is that still open?
0: Yes, it's open till Sunday. Sorry. Yeah, it's open till this Sunday. Sunday the what is it today? We're recording on the 2nd, 3rd, 4th, 5th It closes on the 5th. So if anybody wants to still donate to Brown Bag nice. for Calgary kids, they can do that. Um, the link is up on our Facebook and uh, Instagram pages. So yeah, thank you guys for preparing me and thanks for the uh, the inspiration time. So you can be expected sure. to be challenged to something. It might not take 24 hours, but it'll,
1: oh, it better uh, not it might take more. <laughs> oh, ma'am. <laughs> for you guys. Oh, yeah. Hey, nice job, you know, Pete and Jim, Coach Jim. Nice going, you guys. It was awesome. Yep. Oh, was awesome. A lot was a lot
0: of gentle
1: prep work. And I know that,
0: that there was thought put into the effort behind the scenes by Jim and just making sure that I was on track. And, and now also make shepherding me through recovery and making sure I don't go out too hard too fast or anything like that and stay into it. So, yeah, I'll just, try and keep the governor on it.
2: Yeah. yeah. you're, you're we're, we're super proud of you nice, nice job. And, you know, like we always say, just keep listening to your body and take it easy. I think that you're buying in pretty well to this rest part right now. You're not going to do anything crazy, but, um, as we also talked about, once you're recovered, you know, and, and ready to ratchet it back up, it'll be a good time. We'll do a little, a little fitness testing, but we're, we're super proud of you. And, um, in texting you the last couple of days, you know, I was, I was a little bit surprised at how you were, you know, thinking about the future already and ready to get back at, back at it once you're once you're recovered. But
0: I like to think it's a good sign. Yeah, yeah. that's a great sign.
2: What about emotionally, like any post event let down?
0: No, I, I still think it could come though. So I'm still trying to be aware of that. And I'm trying to be, and we've talked about this on the podcast with guests and amongst ourselves. Is like, I'm just trying to be more aware and accepting of those ups and downs and just, and also more like honest about it, right? Like yeah. it's very easy to typ- be a typical, typical dude or typical endurance athlete and just kind of like never show any weakness or anything like that. So I know it could still come, but I do think it's important to already be thinking about goals. Um, I don't need to one up myself either though. I need to be careful of that too. Cause at some point, like at some point you'll find your limit and maybe it's dangerous. So like, I don't necessarily need to one up myself next year, but I do think it's important to start looking at like, you know, FTP goals or maybe another Murph challenge here heading into the, into the holiday season, just to mix up the training, um, a oh. Jasper Calgary relay ride or something. <laughs> <laughs> um you know, some weighted, weighted murph this time though. We've got to oh, do with weight vests. Oh, it, so man. Jeez. we'll step it up. So just there's little like shorter things, but but something that can keep me focused and sort of moving forward. And yeah, I think I think that's really important to sort of safeguard that that like piece of the the mental health cliff that you can go off when you accomplish something that you've sort of worked at for a long time, right? Big or well, small. I think that's a really easy thing to do.
2: You're for but, sure. Maybe, inspired a lot of people myself included so awesome job yeah thank really, you
1: gentlemen really proud of you, pete yeah keep up the good work and you know thanks for thanks for getting out and, and making a real impact thanks for getting well done. thanks everybody who uh, oh
0: yeah keeping me safe it just it was great so everybody listening we we're actually going to get together and ride bikes in may of 2022 it's been a really long time because it's been a yeah. crazy world but you know we're gonna hopefully keep this covid thing on the rails uh all of us i mean all of us we'll <laughs> keep this thing on the rails we can travel we're gonna get together in may and ride bikes together so people can check that on the website too but we won't be doing any everesting we'll just tour around and ride bikes and hang out and it'll be awesome so i've got that as a goal too gotta to be in shape yeah. for that awesome um, All right, fellas. Thanks for doing this. Appreciate it. Thanks again for all the encouragement and everything.
1: It means a lot.
2: Great work. Keep it up. Yeah. Thanks,
1: guys. Thanks, Pete. Thanks, Jim. Talk soon.
2: Talk to you later.
0: Thanks again for listening. Thanks for everybody one more time for the encouragement uh, near or far. Uh, Didn't go unnoticed, and I greatly appreciate that. Thanks so much. Uh, It was fun to share it with you. We have two guests that we are interviewing very, very soon that we know that you will love hearing from. So stay tuned for those episodes. And as always, if you have questions or comments, reach out to us. We love hearing from you. It's adventureaudiopodcast at gmail.com or you can check us out at adventureaudiopodcast.com. Take care.